Hi and welcome to my latest podcast. I'm super excited you're joining me as we go through the Gospel of John and we look at Jesus through the eyes of one of his best friends and we come across some incredible theological gems, some wonderful stories and just this amazing perspective that's really different from the other three Gospel writers. So buckle up and join me, Paul White, as we saunter through the book of John. Lord Jesus, today, as we look at your word, I pray you'll speak to us, that this word will live to us. Jesus, you'll be so real to us today. Amen. So here we go. We are picking up again from John chapter 8, where we left off, and we're zooming in to verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Good morning, George. So we are familiar probably with that expression, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Or maybe we just know it as the truth will set you free. But Jesus is the one who coined the phrase, morning Fran, he's the one who coined the phrase, he had something particular to say and he's saying, if you abide in my word, that word there for abide means come home to, dwell in, make your habitual, this is your place of residence, if you will build your life, if you will house your life in my word, if do you not do you understand what I'm saying? It's like if you will frequent my word, not just come to it like once in a blue moon and oh yeah, Jesus said this, but actually like he talks in in the parable about the man who builds his house on the rock, he says, Anyone who hears these words of mine and does them is like a man who builds his house on the rock, is able to stand when the um winds come and the floods rise and everything, his house is built on a shore his life is built on a shore foundation and Jesus is saying if you abide if you build your house on my word or if you make my my word your home you are truly my disciples so a disciple isn't someone who just occasionally wonders a little bit about what Jesus might be saying but is one who builds their life on his word he says if you do this then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth is not some vague amorphous concept out there. The truth is a person. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. So if we want to uh, know the truth, we need to know Jesus and he's the one who will set us free. They say knowledge is power. Depends what you know, doesn't it? And But Jesus is saying you will know the truth and the truth will set you free if you abide in me, my word. You kind of build your life on my word. Right, okay, hopefully we got that point. Verse 33, they answered him, so the Jewish audience he's speaking to, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? So these guys are objecting to the idea that their lives could be in any way improved by having Jesus in it or in them. Do you know what I'm saying? So they're they're like, we're the children of Abraham. We've got everything we need. We don't, we're not, we're not slaves of anyone. We, you know, we're, how can you say we're 
will become free. Actually, they're forgetting 400 years of Jewish history where the, the whole nation were enslaved for 400 years or a bit less than that, but somewhere near to that time in Egypt. And the whole point of the story of Exodus is the story of them coming out of slavery. So they're forgetting their history. They say, we've never been enslaved to anyone. They're under Roman occupation. Of course they're enslaved. If a Roman soldier said, carry my pack, they were required to carry the soldier's backpack for at least a mile. That was part of the law. So they were enslaved. But Jesus is going to unpack that whole idea of what he's saying. And so Jesus answered them, verse 34, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. So it's like we can't just engage with sin like casually. What happens as we, if we practice it, we're a slave to it. It is, It will dominate us and control us. Actually, the reality is that most of us are sinning before we even realise and it becomes such a way of life that all of us, by the time we're any age at all, we've become habitual sinners. We're part of the sin club that is humanity, if you like. We've joined the sin club by birth and we find that we're enslaved to it. And if we're really honest, I talk to people all the time whose, whose lives are completely enslaved to some form of life controlling addiction and that's just the obvious way that when when we're con when we when we recognize it we're an alcoholic or a drug addict or a pornography addict or something like that then we're kind of waking up to the truth but actually all humanity is enslaved to sin until we get free through Jesus so it's kind of like we're born into it is the culture we're born into. And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The, the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father and you do what you have heard from your father right Jesus is really digging in now and he's starting to get their <laughs> get their anger aroused what he's saying is actually you don't have any lasting inheritance you might be part of the household but if you're a slave you don't inherit anything and he's talking about God being our father and us inheriting all that that means all that he wants to lavish on us he's saying a slave does not inherit that you won't get that by being a slave and if you're, you're if you're a slave to sin you need the son to set you free you need the truth to set you free so the slave does not remain in the house forever the son remains forever so if the son sets you free you will be free indeed this is such a really 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 crucial word for us if the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. You will be free. You will be free indeed. So Jesus himself is the one who is able to set us free from the trap 
to haul us up out of the quicksand of sin and stand us on solid ground and clean us down and give us a whole new life, a whole new identity, a whole new purpose, a whole new freedom to enjoy all that he's called us and designed us to be instead of being under the control of sin which will suck us ultimately right away from God and leave us separated from from him forever so this isn't really 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 important I'm saying really a lot this is a really profoundly important word who the sun sets free is free indeed there is no inheritance for us if we continue to be a slave to sin Right, and so then he's saying, I know you're going to pull the Abraham card out of the out of the bag and you're going to say, oh, we're children of Abraham. And he says, but here we go. You're trying to kill me. So what's really going on is you're identifying who your real father is. You seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. He's saying there isn't, you're not opening your hearts to my word. There's no dwelling place for my word in your heart you've not opened your heart to me and actually what you're doing is you're betraying who your real father is and we're going to come on to that in verse 39 they answered him Abraham is our father Jesus said to them if you were Abraham's children bear in mind this is Jews he's talking to who hold to this stuff tenaciously they're very 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 strong on their ethnicity and their identity as children of Abraham and he says uh, if you were Abraham's children you would be doing the works Abraham did but now you seek to kill me a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God that is not what Abraham did actually if you listen if you read the story of Abraham it's really interesting because he has this meeting where these three guys walk up to the doorway of his tent and he practices Eastern hospitality, kind of Bedouin style, um, where he invites these guys for food and they sit and talk with him. It becomes apparent in the story that actually this is God who's walking by his tent and theologians and scholars some will say this is a theophany this is an appearance of Jesus before his actual physical manifestation his physical birth and um, full manifestation on the earth so before Jesus came to be one of us and like John says pitched his tent among us dwelt among us he did show up a few times in the Old Testament scriptures as a man and it's kind of thought that this encounter with Abraham was actually him encountering Jesus so what Abraham did he didn't even know Jesus he didn't know God he didn't have a bible he had begun to have a relationship with God on a very personal kind of mystical type of level and God would speak to him and Abraham obeyed but then this moment comes where Jesus shows up at his tent what does Abraham do he opens his tent his opens his home to Jesus and so what these guys are doing is the exact opposite of that so he Jesus is saying you're not you're not doing what Abraham did and Jesus has got first-hand experience of what Abraham did because he was there receiving Abraham's openness and hospitality and so on he says verse 41 you are doing the works your father did 
And they said to him, We were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. So Jesus is goading them. He's pushing them to like a kind of cliff, if you like, theologically, where they're going to start to understand what he's really saying. So they're getting agitated. They're saying we're not born um, out of wedlock. There's no sexual immorality in our in our lineage and so on. We have one father, even God. So they're even going further back than Abraham. They're saying God is our father, which is what Jesus wants them to say, because he wants them to understand that God is not their father at all. And they're they're being led by a very different father. Okay, Fran, no worries. And so Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires or to follow his lusts. Can you imagine? That's the word Jesus is using there. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not from God. And so Jesus is saying, listen, you have been conditioned right from the very earliest days of your life. You've been hearing the voice of the devil and you've been following him and your will. What you desire, your will, your choices are based on his desires and his lusts and so on. And so it harks back to the story at the beginning of the chapter where Jesus says, if any one of you is not guilty, cast the first stone. And he's kind of implying that they're not anyone who's not guilty of the sin of adultery through lust or actual practice. Um, Jesus is kind of harking back to that. And he's saying, you know, in your heart, your will, you're following after the lusts of the devil, not just sexually, but for greed and power, significance and all those kinds of things that they were trying to gain. Political power, money, all those kinds of things. He's saying your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. It does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. The New, New International Translation says, um, New International Version says, when he, when he lies, he speaks his own language. I've um, just been in a different country and struggled to, because the, most of the people I was talking to were either Spanish speakers or Ukrainian speakers and I speak a little bit of Spanish and a tiny bit of not very good Russian. And uh, so to try and communicate in a foreign language is very difficult for me. But when I was with Mark, my friend from England, it's easy because he speaks English. And so we can flow and understand each other's thoughts and um, idioms and so on. And it's not complicated or difficult. So 
what Jesus is saying, when the devil speaks, he he lies. That's his native tongue. He's speaking lies. He never tells the truth. I said to my kids, the devil does not love you. He is not your friend. He is a liar. He's a deceiver. Everything he wants to do is steal from you and rob you and enslave you. And Jesus is saying, if you could understand, you're trapped in this thinking because you've been listening to the lies of the devil since you were children. And actually, the truth of the matter is, we might not be stuck in the same rut that these guys were stuck in. But do you know what? All around me I see people who have been listening to the lies of the devil since they were children. And even when they come to Jesus, there's a process where we have to kind of, well, get rid of some of the rubbish that we've come to believe. And actually understand that God is good, that he truly loves us. He deeply loves us. He's full of compassion. He's interested in us. He wants to hear our prayers. There's nothing we can do to make him love us more. There's no way we can show him our best side and he'll love us more. He loves us with the intensity and purity that is his very nature. And there's nothing we can do. And yet the lies of the devil, even when we've come to Jesus, sometimes we hear this kind of monologue that we've got to do better. We've got to work harder. We've got to, you know, and all these kinds of things. Otherwise, we're not worthy and so on and so on and so on. The devil is a liar. He steals from us. He takes away. But Jesus has come to give us life and to set us free from all of that. So whoever is of God hears the word of God. The reason why you do not hear them is because you're not of God. And so Jesus is grounding this argument out with these guys. And he's saying, listen, the reason you can't hear me is because actually you are not of God. You're not following God. You're following the devil. And you just need to get real, face up to it and repent, which means change your mind, turn around 180 degrees. And to be honest, that is the word of God to everybody, really, is it's time to repent. It's time to turn our lives around 180 degrees and start following after Jesus. Verse 48, the Jews answered him, are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honour my father and you dishonour me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. And he's not saying that he'll never die ever, ever, ever. What he's saying is that we, it's like we've passed from death into life and when this life is over we will truly live forever because Jesus is the one who gives life um and so then he they say to him are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets died who do you make yourself out to be so once again the guys are pushing Jesus to disclose his true identity and Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. Because they've just been saying we're, we're sons of God. God is our father. But you have not known him. I know him. And if I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and I keep his word. 
Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? And Jesus and or you're not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? So they're kind of like completely disbelieving. I mean, th this point really just to be said at the beginning here, verse forty-eight. He they say unto him, they they they're so upset now, they're so angry with Jesus and so provoked by him that they've resorted to calling him names. Are you? Are we not right in saying that you are some Mar you are a Samaritan? It's like the worst insult they could think of and have a demon so even the words you're saying are demonically inspired you're just so bad so they've they've got so upset with jesus that they're they're insulting him by calling him names now good morning tracy ann and mike and pat and so jesus is saying listen i don't have to glorify him i don't have to try and promote myself or justify myself or glorify myself because my father's doing all that for me my father himself is my PR agent I don't need to worry about that I don't have to try and justify myself to you and it actually if I said I didn't know God I would be as bad a liar as you lot are <laughs> so listen to this so they're saying but I do know him and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. So we understand that Abraham had some insight that the Messiah would come, that that the person Jesus is would come on the earth one day. And he was excited about it. He saw it from afar off prophetically and he was glad. So. The Jew said to him, you are not yet 50 years old and have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, listen to this. Truly, truly, I say to you before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. This is the clearest statement Jesus has made so far in this gospel to identify himself as the messiah but he's not just calling himself the messiah he's calling himself god when god called moses right back at the beginning in the book of um exodus he was he um or was it uh, anyway when god called moses <laughs> i'm not sure if it's the tail end of genesis or the beginning of exodus when god called moses Moses said, who who are you? Who am I going to say has sent me? And God says to Abraham, I am. And so Abraham's thinking that is the most peculiar name I've ever heard. But that is the name that God became known by to the Jewish nation. And from then on, evermore shall be. I am. It means I'm the ever living one. I'm the existing one. I'm the one who is and was and is and is to come that one i am and so for jesus to say before abraham was i am he is being so clear and so provocative he's identifying himself as none other than the god who led the israelites out of slavery in egypt who is the one that they've worshipped all these years and and so this is the most outrageous thing that he could possibly have said, even though it's the truth, it was the most provocative thing that he could ever have said to these Jewish religious men. 
And so they picked up stones to throw at him. They were going to kill him on the spot. That was enough. Blasphemy. This is too much for us. We've had it now with you, Jesus. Pick up rocks to chuck at him. Um, but he hid himself and went out of the temple. Once again, his time had not yet come. Right. Takeaway for today. If you abide in my word, you will know you will be truly my disciples. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's not just truth out there, some vague, amorphous philosophical concept. It's knowing the one who is truth. I am the way, the truth and the life, Jesus said. And no one comes to the Father except through me. If we want to know the truth that can really set us free, it is about surrendering our hearts to Jesus himself. And guys, if you've not done that yet, please today say, Jesus, I want to surrender my whole life into your hands for now and forever. Amen. Have an amazing day. God bless you. Take care. Do feel free to share this and like it and whatever else you want to do. That'd be great.